Have you seen the slash? Made by users for users. Engineered for flavor. One of the coolest features around. A built-in loading tool. Learn more at www.stonesmiths.ca. This is the Business of Cannabis, a joint venture between the Green Generation Co. and the Cannabis 101 podcast. Bringing you the latest Bud Biz Buzz. Melka LaBelle joins me as usual for the business of cannabis. You can find out how Melka can help you at www.greengencompany.com. Melka, it is great to see you. How are things in Southern Alberta today? Sunny. <laughs> awesome awesome you know winter is is definitely bearable if it's not like minus 35 and there is some sunshine you can get out and there is definitely some activity so that's good to know that you guys have a, a sunny day and uh, you know pretty soon you're gonna have a chinook roll through and it's gonna be like t-shirt weather again in calgary I love it. I can't complain. <laughs> I, I wouldn't complain either. I wouldn't complain either. But there are a lot of people, I'm not sure they're complaining, but certainly concerned as we get into our lead topic about where Canada is on the global cannabis stage. And, you know, we got to be careful about looking over our shoulder right now. This is exactly the point. Yeah. So, you know, the we're the leader in legalization, but there are a lot of com a lot of com companies, a lot of countries on our tail, real, real uh, close to making some big moves. And where this, um, you know, this topic came from is I have a great healthy banter on LinkedIn with Matthew O'Brien, um, a, a young uh, guy from Ireland, I think, I uh, believe from the Emerald Isle, as he likes to say in his in his uh, blog. So he's actually come out with this really cool blog. It's, a four, it's called 4 p.m. So it hits your inbox at 4 p.m. And he really crystallizes on some great topics. And this is uh, one that I've been looking at for a while, but I think the way that he introduced it was really solid is that there's five markets that we need to be paying attention to. So those ones are the Canadian cannabis market, so our own market, um, as the first uh, G7 nation to legalize cannabis. There's the US market, which we've been talking about at length with the election stuff, uh, you know, just sort of continuing on in the saga. Uh, so it's more about a question of when, not if they're going to legalize and what is that going to look like. Um, and then, and they're the, you know, they're the largest, you know, consumer-based market in the world. There's the Latin American market. Now, um, for all of you out there, you know, Latin America is the place where cannabis grows the best outdoors. So therefore yeah. the lower cost of growing. Um, and there's this one that's a supplier of cannabinoids for the world. So if they legalize parts or some of that market, that's a huge um, potential of uh, disruptor from the indoor growing world, which is climate controlled and very expensive, to the outdoor proliferation of how cannabis has sort of been known as a illicit market, illicit product for a long time as it grew outside of these beautiful fields in Central America. And then there's the Asian cannabis market where it's not currently legal for consumption, and I, I doubt it will ever be, at least not in my lifetime, 
but it hasn't prevented the the Chinese groups from growing um, hemp and CBD. Mm-hmm. So that market and uh, could grow up and blow up very quickly. And then there's the European market, and this is the one to watch in terms of G7, other than the US. Um, the European uh, market needs to be closely paid attention to um, because there is a huge amount of um, sort of disruption going on there. And and I, I have to say, this has really been led by the CBD uh, proliferation in the UK, where it's very available and readily purchasable at every you know corner store um, and and places like that. But there was a court case in the in the UK. Um, in the EU, in the EU, sorry, like sort of in the in the European Union, which mm-hmm. litigates many factors that sort of like the Supreme Court in Canada, I believe, is equivalent to, where a court case went to the highest level, uh, contesting that CBD products should not be sold legally uh, as as sort of widely as they are now, and um, it was turned down, and and this is really important, um, especially for our markets because. CBD is considered an agricultural good in the U in the European Union, kind of like how it is in the US, where you can get CBD products everywhere with very mm-hmm. little um, consistency or regulatory uh, model for it. It's just it's an agricultural product, and you sort of can get it everywhere in everything as an ingredient. Um, but what they've said in this court case, which is why I think it's so interesting, is that they um, basically the ruled is that the these um products should not be prevented from being sold so what that means is it doesn't matter where you are in the european union no matter what country you are even if the country has its own laws for legalization of thc and cannabis cbd should not be prevented from being sold so Mm -hmm. this is huge um, and this is not happening in Canada yet. We don't have the ability to easily label and call things CBD and put them on every shelf. It's actually not what's planned on the um, cannabis National Cannabis Working Group. They don't want that to be the case because in Canada, we have CBD classified like THC where there's strict regulatory controls on how it's used, how it's labeled, how it's in, uh, how it can be sold. And even though they're tighter than we would want because CBD is really safe, the, those level of controls create essentially cost as well as scrutiny on how these things are actually being used for people to take. So this is an area that I find extremely fascinating. And the fact that the European Union like sort of shut down being able to sell it openly, they it's still allowed to be sold openly across the European Union. This is setting a precedent that I think we really need to pay attention to. Well, yeah, I, I think uh, we really, you know, as, as far as this two-year head start that we have, it's great. And, and I, you know, I think a lot of other countries are going to be learning um, from us. But even, even you know, you, you look at Mexico and, and their legalization, as we, we talked about on uh, This Week in, in Cannabis News, you know, they're looking at allowing six plants per household. So some of these regulatory uh, things are looking at Canada and saying, okay, they're doing that. We're going to do this, and, and we'll take a little bit of this from that. So we are really setting the blueprint for a lot of people. Now, the, in Mexico, they have a number of hurdles that they have to get over before they actually get to legalization. So it might be a while. Well, it's going to be a while before we could travel to a beach anyway, but I was going to say it might be a while before we could travel to Mexico and get legal cannabis. But, you know, the rest of the world has saw what Canada has done. And they're going to try and do it better, just like Canada saw what some of the states in the U.S. did, 
and then they're going to try and do it better. So if we don't act quickly, they're going to do it better and they're going to pass us in the, in the global economy. Yes. And, and that is a real, a real issue and a real concern. And, and kind of one of the reasons why, I mean, COVID has been a blessing in some ways because it's allowed us to really focus on our homegrown country industry and, and people sort of as a focal point. Um, but now we're sort of seeing what the rest of the world is doing and, things are just going to keep changing. And I think the bottom line here is we just have to pay attention and keep sort of keeping ahead of things as opposed to watching things as they kind of pass by us. But if we're informed and we know what's going on, we can always, you know, look to other countries and, and as Canadians, it's legal across the board for us to do business about it. So that's the key part from the business of cannabis's perspective is that even though maybe CBD doesn't have the same openness from a legality perspective for, for sale, we can definitely lend our expertise in processing and using CBD products in the best way possible because we have done it that way. So there's lots of ways to, to, to sort of pivot and stay ahead of it, but it is important to keep, keep an eye out for what's going on in the other jurisdictions. Well, and listen, uh, you know, somebody does something and, and another country does it better. We all benefit from it, right? It'll keep evolving until we, you know, hopefully find a, a really great system. So, you know, one country does it and then the next country does it even better. We could find some benefits from that and say, okay, well, we can look at that as well. So uh, certainly some exciting times uh, globally when it comes to cannabis. It's just, uh, it just seems like another story is popping up every, uh, every other day with uh, some sort of legalization or decriminalization. And of course, we just saw the U.S. election. All right, let's get into change makers. And uh, we're talking Canmart and uh, these glass tasters uh, that you stumbled yeah. across. Yeah, I mean, uh, we, you know, my my husband and I are are connoisseurs. We like to check all the different stores out, and there's so many in Calgary and around us. So we walked into our premium, our local premium 420, and uh, you know, he always asks for like what's kind of cool and different, and he picked up one of these tasters. They're called the Mezzero Glass Tasters by Canmart, and they are super cool. So it's like a mini pipe. I want to say that is the right word. It's like a glass pipe. That's mm -hmm. preloaded with, I think it's like, it's like two and a half grams of THC. In this case, I think we had blueberry and white shark with a couple flavors. It's like five bucks. Like they're so, so, so affordable. And it's like a little one hitter. Like, I like, you know, like the actual one hitters that you'll back in the day where you used to like twist it in the thing and then pop it out and smoke it. That was what I remembered as the one hitter. So um, other than your segment on your show, Dean, which we all love, but, <laughs> but the Canmart, I'm looking into this. I'm like, what is this Canmart? Like I recognize this name. So I pulled it up. They're um, powered by Namaste Technologies, which is, uh, they've been around since the beginning. Uh, Namaste took a big leap of faith into the online and the, and the basically retail only commerce side of the legalization of cannabis. So they don't have any cultivation license. They don't do any processing. They just do online sales and they do online sales medicinally. So you can get a medicinal you know, a cannabis prescription from a LP or from a cannabis doctor and go buy online direct ship to you. So online, I think these are even cheaper. They're like four bucks each or something, but in the store. So, you know, premium 420, they're a little bit more expensive. You know, you're going buying them in a retail outlet, but this online presence is really cool because they carry a bunch of really cool, super nice brands that are available in stores, but they're not only in Canada. So, Talking about global expansion and pre right. to our previous topic, they have 24 different unique websites. They have five warehouses tw in 20 countries on three continents. 
So this company figured out how to beat the globalization of cannabis by being an online presence. And they're essentially just selling their products in different markets under different legalized uh, medical, basically, jurisdictions. And in Canada, they're using cannabis um, retailers as one channel, and they're also doing it medically. And they have they carry a bunch of different LPs and different brands. So super cool. And the, the smoke was awesome. Yeah. It was like really, really good, like smoking a nice pipe. It didn't, it wasn't too hot. It like the chamber make cools it down. It was a great experience. www.canmart.com. And uh, if you're watching, you can see the website on the screen. The, the cool thing about these Malka is that you, know, you buy it and you smoke it. You can go home and clean it and reuse it, you know, take it out and, yeah. and, and, and it becomes, it's, you're, you're basically like buying, you're buying a loaded pipe that you can reuse with other cannabis packet in there. It's a great little, you know, if you're off to like a barbecue or something like that, and, and, you know, maybe the people aren't as uh, cannabis friendly as we might want to think or something and you want to sneak away. It's perfect. It's quick. It's a great travel companion. So I dig it these and, and, and I love that you can reuse them later on and, and you know, put whatever yeah. other cannabis you want in there. They're, it's a great package for, for a really good price considering how much you can reuse it. Exactly. That's what my husband said. He's like, you know, considering my one hitter, like he was all, he was always cleaning it, trying to get yeah. it and it wasn't clear. So he's like, the fact that it's clear makes it super easy to clean it and use it again. Like, it's like, it was so simple. So anyways, loving this and I uh, can't wait to see what they come up with next. Yeah. Flour, infused oil, edibles, uh, lots of different great products at uh, www.canmart.com. Calm. Uh, okay, uh, let's talk about what it means to be green. And, and lots of times uh, people are always looking at the you know latest machine, that technology or whatever it is. We're talking low tech and some solutions that are very, very cool. Yeah, and so this, you know, th- this has been a stumbling block, block for my business from day one. And, and really the reason why I'm still in business, I guess, is because I see myself as kind of like a bridge. So people ask me, like, who are you and what do you do? People that I know, some people that I talk to all the time ask that question. Anyways, so I, I, I like this quote, which I found from a, a early 18th century uh, Hasidic rabbinical scholar um, who talked about the world is a narrow bridge. And um, that means that passing on a narrow bridge, it's it's very important that you need to do it, but not to be overwhelmed by fear. So I use this as an explanation for what I do. I'm building a bridge between the cannabis industry and the green future or like healing the planet and the environmental impacts of the world. And people look at me with a blank stare, like, what are you talking about? So this company or this project is an example of why it doesn't necessarily have to be about cannabis, but cannabis is a catalyst in that it's a plant and plants are sort of low tech. So here's another example. And we talked about hemp extensively being hempcrete and all of the properties about hemp being part of the low tech green future. So here's another example of a really cool, uh, this is actually a not-for-profit, I believe it's a project Vesta. And they've uncovered something really cool in the natural processes of earth, which means it's not high tech. It's very low tech. It's like mm-hmm. ancient tech. That's it's how organic old it is. Tech, yeah. 
it's like beginning of the world tech. So basically what this is, is green sand beaches. And there's a, there's one in Hawaii, which is just beautiful, but their website is super cool. You can see here, it's like a living video mm. where you see this. So basically what this is, is Project Vesta is helping reverse climate change by turning trillions of tons of CO2, so carbon dioxide in the atmosphere, into rock. The simplicity in this, in this concept, this what they're doing, it's so simple, it's complicated. Like that's why what I, what I mean by that is that they're they're reversing carbon dioxide emissions, but not only are they trying to do that, they need to you need to remove a bunch of carbon dioxide from the air called carbon sink or carbon sequestration, which is a technology that many people are trying to solve with a lot of money, a lot of tech and a lot of fancy complex machines. But it's actually a very low tech process of trapping carbon in in um, environments or in this case in rock that already exists. So what they're doing is they're, they found this stone called olivine, literally like the color olive. It's, as you can see from the photos, it's beautiful. And this olivine rock, they're grinding it up and turning it into sand. And they've figured out that if they just cover enough of the, like the shelf, so that's like the, you know, the beaches around the world, if they cover 2% of the beaches around the world with this green sand, and there's pitch, there's places around the earth that are already, this is already happening, like in Hawaii and other cool places, they could capture 100% of the annual human carbon emissions. Wow. Like that's just like, just with this one simple rock ground up to a sand like powder and it's super fine and super soft put it on the beach it naturally absorbs the carbon out of the air and as the water comes in it's a natural um process where seawater combined with the sand pulls out the carbon from the air and goes to the bottom of the um of the uh sea floor which is a considered a carbon sequestration and a carbon sink. So that's all it is. It's a natural process. It's not very high tech. It doesn't need a lot of effort, money, or even like anything. It just needs people to be aware of it and to, you know, want to go see more green beaches or want their beaches to be green in this way. And that's what I mean about complex problems, simple solutions, but how another example of how cannabis is catalyzing um, you know, the green uh, revolution about becoming the green generation. And that's what I'm all about today. Well, this, like this example, as you, you know, as you can see on the screen now, they grab the olivine, transport it to the beach, and then the waves take, take over. Three energy of wave yeah. action is harnessed to crush the rock. So the only human element is distributing the sand, which as you mentioned, is naturally occurring around many places. And then you're letting mother nature almost heal herself with with her own properties. I mean, we, we talk a lot about high tech, but this is like you said, like basic as it gets. And and I right. I don't know why this isn't being done more, just like I don't know we had, why we don't have giant fields of hemp growing to improve the environment. But man, oh man, these We're are some good ideas. These are some good <laughs> ideas. Like this is just yeah. unbelievable. And it's really beautiful too. Like, I mean, yes. that's the thing is that big tech can be really ugly. Like if you've seen some of the other projects out there, I don't know, they're like big giant machines that take up a lot of space, but it's so cool. Like, it's like, why not go see Green Sand Beach? So their concept is just driving people into be interested in it. And like I said, it will, it sort of takes care of itself. Like literally you said, they distributed the, the olivine is naturally occurring. They just want to move it around to the right places, grind it up. It's super simple and distribute it. And then like, 
watch and enjoy like that's it <laughs> watch the waves crash in like it's wow. all so simple <laughs> well i and and really um you know this should interest a lot of people, but if you just want to see a really cool website, go check out www.projectvesta.org. That's the the site that's on the screen, and just cycling through it uh, is has me so encouraged and um, you know op- optimistic about uh, the future of our of our planet. Uh, Melka, this has been a lot of fun. Great topics today. Things that we really have to pay attention in the uh, in the cannabis space and of course people can find out how Melka can help you at www.greengencompany.com. Thanks as always, Melka. Thanks, Steve. Have a great week.